show with me, Swindon Dobson, and him, Tim Patton. Today we discuss borders, war, and physical removal. Tim. So this is a very hot topic, especially recently, um, five years ago. It was a big topic with the rise of Donald Trump, which sort of split the libertarian movement here. And you sort of got the whole borderitarian phenomena. And I think what's also then became interesting is, as we know, in the past 18 months, um, the borders have been fairly tight. And even Raisin Magazine has been has an article that's like, get behind borders here, get ready to live behind tight borders. So we saw lots of sort of international borders been rec- recognized here. And borders historically have always been a sort of tenuous topic here um, uh, with, with respect to all sort of political groups here. So let's sort of start with. With, with why this topic interests me. Um, it's not just because it's a hot topic. I think it's a very relevant topic. And I think borders are very much related to private property, which is sort of the Hans Hoppian point, um, which is why we're including the word physical removal in the title here. Um, um, so I'm going to sort of divide this conversation between two groups. Group A, those going out um, for a military adventure, adventure or emigration or whatever. And those in group B, those on the receiving end of that adventure or, mili- or military invasion or immigration or travel. And then the places that occur is virgin land um, or non-virgin land, some hunter-gatherer society or, or agrarian society or, or on the top here, some equal society or even some, suspe- some superior society here. So, for example, if someone from Australia moves to Britain or someone from Britain now moves to the United States, those would be roughly equal. You know, you could you could you could you could barter or, you know, quibble over, you know, whether Sweden or the United States. There's a great current affairs article about um, how, you know, in the past, states like Delaware and the United States have huge Swedish and Norwegian populations. Why? Because they were emigrating from there now. Why would anyone really want to leave Norway or Sweden or those places like that? Um, so what we see here is the emigration here happens for specific reasons. Uh, 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 so so and it happens from one society to another society here. Um, so, again, the actors within this drama of moving around in war can be states, tribes, charities, companies, monarchies, NGOs, IGOs, mega corporations, or them some operating concert here. Most of North America was arguably settled not by states per se. People like Columbus, people like the Dutch East Indies companies, the British East companies were um, sort of mega corporations in some variety. They weren't states with a capital S. Um, They're sort of private organizations here. So I'm going to sort of go back into why I want to talk about this now. Uh, Glenn Greenwald, you know, this is we're, this is 2021 here. I'm going to the fallout from the fall of Kabul here. Glenn Greenwald on Twitter made a fairly innocuous statement here, which comes back to like why I think this is an interesting topic. This sort of divided the libertarian movement here um, uh, and sort of why I'm going to take the hoppy inside of this. Um, Glenn Greenwald made an interesting statement. He said, leave Afghanistan for the Afghans. And that, that's, that seems like an innocuous statement. But if you sort of unpack that statement here, it has a lot of politically incorrect baggage here for the non-Bordertarians here. Uh, you know, we'll say, can we leave Germany for the Germans? Can we leave America for the Americas? Can we leave the Dakotas for the Dakotians? Well, it depends on which Dakotians for the political correct people. If the Dakotians living before 1800, then no. Of course not. You can't leave Dakota. Hashtag sarcasm. You can't leave them for them. The, you know, the the only the, those the, the Codans living the last year, they have no right to land, of course, for people like Sam Cedar and Ben Burgess. And the, for the modern left in you know, the current residents of the North America are considered illegitimate. And this is a point that's also brought up when people bring up critique libertarians. They'll say yeah, that the current existing property rights are, are invalid because of some historical inequity or some sort of historical boogeyman here. Of course, we had Walter Block here discussing things on the topic of respirations. One of the key aspects is land distribution here, too. Um, um, so, so, so Glenn Greenwald's statement, leave Afghanistan for the Afghans. The question is, is why is Glenn Greenwald making this statement? If you notice in the lead up to Iraq war, you had, um, um, you had, um, 
people like Christopher Hitchens who defend now Iraq and Afghanistan are different places here, but th there are certain related issues for Donald Rumsfeld. There are clearly related issues. Um, you're going to, you're going to bomb them back to the dark, this bomb them into the enlightenment, so to speak. Um, so, so over there, they can't actually there. They want to be like the 51st state of the United States. He wants to sort of spread liberal democracy over there. Um, um, they don't want to do it. They want to resist. Um, so in a way, the Afghans are kind of like the Dakotians uh, uh, in, in Glenn Greenwald's set. Now, that's sort of the politically correct interpretation of the of the data here. The politically incorrect interpretation here is to take this and say, well, are, are other civilizations allowed to have this, their own piece of land? And on the bordertarian issue here for the right here, the Hoppians, they are allowed to have it, of course, but for the left, they view them as, and this includes everyone left of like Nick Gillespie, um, it's not allowed. So to me, I see this as a huge, a huge amount of incoherence here, um, um, a huge amount of incoherence here. And even on issues like borders, borders are very relevant. Without borders, you can't really have a non-intervention principle. Many left libertarians like to, and as far as the left general, like to talk about non-intervention or isolation. America should stick to America. Britain should stick to Britain. But with, but, but without Without some kind of borders, it doesn't make any sense. Um, why shouldn't America project its interest worldwide? Um, why shouldn't I mean you have open borders for the CIA, open borders for the mega corporations? Uh, after all, Bernie Sanders, of course, said that open borders is a Koch brothers conspiracy. Consider people like Brian Kaplan written books on it. It is quite interesting um, um, that in a way it's true. Uh, now I'm somewhat neutral on the border position here, especially here in the United States, I'm somewhat neutral. Um, but I do, I do in theory support Hans Hoppe's position because I think, I think it's the correct position here, but I would say everyone else has a relatively incoherent, um, position. Um, and it's hard to, it's hard to coherently lay out an incoherent position. Um, that's one of the things I'm sort of struggling to do because it seems like on a case by case basis, people will allow, uh, groups, the various groups I've laid out to go places for various reasons. Now, the easy answer is to say whatever makes the sort of politically correct ruling class happy is allowed. Whatever doesn't, uh, whatever isn't the case um, is not allowed. That could explain why coronavirus restrictions in Australia are okay, but having a wall in um, Mexico-U.S. Mexico border or a wall around Hungary is not okay. That The politically correct version perfectly explains it, which just relates to power. Too, um, but 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 to bring that back in to bring up our third line, the physical removal, borders only make sense if you have some um, some group that's willing to defend them coherently and effectively. Um, coherently, effectively. Coherent. So, like in the case of Australia, there's a sort of a town that's split up. Um, between, I think, South Australia and Queensland. I forget the precise two provinces. It's like a town that just has a, um, it's a big city, actually. And um, it used to be like a conglomeration, but today it's split. Um, so they can effectively defend it, and they have the sort of the politically correct reasoning to do so. Um, but to go back to principles here, you know, we see, we see sometimes borders are okay. Sometimes borders are not okay. Um, um, so, and of course, you know, it, the, 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 there's a lot of the Latin American leftists are very much against immigration here for the reasons like brain drain, for example, um, which was the, what was the East German reasoning uh, why they wanted to keep East German here. Which is again, 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 everything that, that the sort of simple narrative explains it here, but it, it leaves out the incoherence here. Um, so I like the Hoppian theory. I would say that's the most coherent. But all these other things don't make sense without borders of some kind. Um, now, you could argue, of course, that the current borders are illegitimate. But, you know, who would actually do what who or what authority would actually have a can, can construct more legitimate? You, you know, you can't just infer some sort of platonic justice council. You know, like uh, sometimes you know, people will attack the existing borders of, let's say, Europe or the United States. And they'll say, well, California was once part of Mexico and Mexico was, well, technically then it was part of the Aztecs, but the Aztecs probably stole it from someone else. Uh, then it was virgin land with hunter gatherers. 
as you go back to sort of the litany of rabbit holes here, um, you don't really in the same cases for many land borders of the world, Afghanistan as well. Um, it's you know you have the it's on the borders of the reason why it's called the graveyard of emperors. It's Alexander the Great. Um, he goes much farther. So so yes, I'm jumping around somewhat, but what I'm trying to lay out is I don't really see any coherent theory with respect to borders, physical removal, and war, and the movement of peoples, too. Uh, you know, you have large-scale movements of peoples, like the sort of colonization of Australia, colonization of the United States, um, and then later movements, like huge movements of Poles, Irish, and so forth, much later in the 1860s, 1870s, or, and Ukrainians, and like later on. To, you know, and even today it moves on. We have Hispanic Catholics moving north to the United States here. Um, and of course, now we have Muslims moving north into Europe. So we have these sort of large movements of people. Um, it doesn't, I'm sort of trying to construct what would a coherent theory look like and sort of lay out why many sort of political actors like Grand Greenwald, who I like, seemingly make those statements. But in other areas, he won't make them, those statements. Um, so uh, Swithin, I've been rambling on some about what I see as incoherence here. Do you agree with me? Um, that it is uh, that the sort of general view, everyone basically left of Nick Gillespie, um, um has a sort of incoherent, emotive view, schizophrenic view on borders, aggression and physical removal. Swithin? Yes, I do. Um, I think uh, an interesting uh, case here is uh, many to the left of Nick Gillespie uh, will go, oh, no, look at this cultural imperialism from the Western powers in the past. Oh, look how terrible they were getting rid of the, uh, the indigenous civilizations of the Aztecs, uh, amongst others. And then these are the same people who go, oh, no, the Taliban are really bad because they hate women, etc. So we need we need to we need to, you know, beat them around the head so that they can you know respect women. And it's like. What? That, you, you can't hold both positions. That's, that's that that just doesn't make any sense if you are going to make the case that oh no we should just leave the aztecs for the aztecs um as you you point out you know it, the, the way it's used is just well you know whatever i like is fine and whatever i don't like is bad so i just don't like the idea of the the white the white man going around creating his empires in the 19th century that's bad no we don't like that but uh, when it's because, you know, they're you know, they're exporting their sort of militarized Christianity or something. But, you know, when it's going to um, uh, be at the service of um, global neoliberalism, then, yeah, it was, it's fine. It was good human rights. You know, and we, we, we all kind of um, uh, support those sorts of interventions. So, I mean, it, it, as you said, it, it's 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 largely ad hoc. Uh, as to what is considered, and I think same with Greenwald. Though I actually agree with Greenwald, it's like, yeah, well, let's leave Afghan for the Af, um, for the Afghanis. Okay, fair, fair enough. But as you point out, you know, should we keep the Florida, Florida for the Florid, Floridians? I think might be the appropriate term. Um, it, it, where does it stop? Where does it start? Um, I mean, when you're looking about borders in this context, um, we're basically thinking about people groups. Uh, although really, um, the question of borders is kind of deeper than that because it's a question of what is the border of anything? Does it, does only one thing exist, or does only particulars exist, or is there sort of like things we can group together legitimately and have a sort of group existence which is different from another one, which is a more deep philosophical question. But when it comes to um, kind of borders. Um, uh, in, in general, I think it's obvious that people just go around and realize, well, this place is not that place. I mean, even in your own towns, you go, well, there's this area which is good and that area which is bad. And it's like, well, OK, you, you, you've clearly created a, a mental border of, of some description. Um, and, and then it, it goes out further from that. I mean, OK, at the base level, you could say. Well, they're not my family and this is my family. OK, that's a border and that's a people group distinction. Um, now, I suppose some on the left would make it uh, accept that, although I suppose they may wish to have everyone raised collectively uh, instead. And so, you know, it'd be borderless because you'll have the, the, the World Council 
who raise the children of the world, uh, which could be a, a borderless version of, of child rearing, I suppose. Um, but this, it seems to be the case that there's some sort of like concentric circles of, of borders of certain descriptions. Um, I mean, the way that I have to talk about it, I mean, they largely to do it in terms of culture uh, um, to say, oh, no, well, the Taliban have a bad culture. But then that gets into the question of, well, whether they are relativists on culture or not. And in many cases, they aren't, um, despite historically. Well, as I say, historically, I mean, not the last 30 years saying, oh, we are, we're relativism. We don't really know what's true, etc. Um so you have um, you have that. Um, so it's kind of like a cultural um, divide. But then, of course, well, are we just all humans in the left's view? And there's no really essential difference, I suppose. Uh, but you, 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 we're culture, the left are focused on that. But then obviously as well, there's sort of ethnic and sort of racial differences, um, which will make a difference to um the uh who you consider sort of in and out which i suppose relates to sort of my interfamilial um difference so um i think the question of borders is one of gradation uh there's sort of like concentric circles of of them the question arises in the political sense is well do we think that people should be left on their own in a certain circle to do with their own thing or do we treat everybody well with these central circuits do exist but being human as such um overrides everything and so therefore we should have a um a overall governance of humans um thing is you could do that and set up like a world empire uh, but the thing is, though, for an empire to function, it's likely to then recognize differences in different areas. So, you know, such as, you know, ruling you know, India is not going to be ruling China and ruling uh, China isn't going to be like ruling Niger, for instance. So I think even if you take the position that, well, no, there isn't really any borders. What we really have is like world governance. Um, even the world governance, they're going to have to make some distinction. Now, they might say it's a distinction and not a border, but there's going to be situations where certain things are going to be run or legal in one area and they aren't going to be somewhere else, even in a world empire situation. Um, now, of course, you could try and rule it as a unitary sort of world state. Um, I don't have that that would work particularly well. Um, also with borders as well, when I said distinctions and borders, you might get to a semantic dispute because uh, the left would say, oh, well, borders are a rightist concept. But oh, we recognize distinctions, distinctions between people who are on our side and people who are against us. Um, so I, I think a lot of the time the left will hide behind words when really what they're attempting to do is, is creating a border of such. But um, they would claim, oh, no, no, we're merely making distinctions. Uh, so. Uh, borders are such and distinctions between people groups over certain areas is inevitable and accurate to what sort of presently exists. Um, and yes, the left uh, in general do have a woefully incoherent view. You would agree that the le by left, I mean everyone left of Nick Gillespie, correct? Oh, yeah, 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 certainly. Um, I mean, I mean, to be fair, I mean, you, you could claim some of the right have a problem uh with it oh interesting no uh, a, a poor view of borders i would say actually that richard spencer has a very odd idea of borders because i think he's an american um he has although actually no not because it's, no it's interesting because what i was going to say was generic white nationalism seems to me to be very much an american phenomenon because they don't have the history of inter white ethnic conflict as you have in Europe. So generic white nationalism doesn't really make any sense in Europe uh, because, well, the French aren't English and the English, you know, aren't aren't Dutch, for instance. Um, though historically, the English and Dutch were allies. Um, 
And so, yeah, he draws a border in a, in a, in a weird way, uh, just white people. And it's like, well, I can see why not that the border is incoherent as such, but his idea of like a generic white state seems to be uh, a very odd way of drawing border. So although what I mean, in defense of Spencer, Spencer recognizes he's drawing a border and is at least sort of att- possibly attempting to draw one coherently. Um, I think the ones further to left of Nick Gillespie would be trying to claim that they aren't creating a border, uh, but are in fact doing so. I think that might be a, a, a way of characterizing it. Your comments on the one and the many to me remain interesting here um, because uh, you're correct about, you know, the EU, I'll, before I go about one minute, the EU is interesting exercise because the EU technically is not internationalist. It's regional project of combining the states of Europe, which just happened to be the historical, you know, Christian uh, sort of Christendom states, you know, so Turkey's not in, you know, Britain, Greece, Poland, they're all, well, Britain's not in anymore with a capital I, but um, that's, it is in a way slightly more reasonable, but you're, you're all drawing borders, correct? Uh, and it's worth pointing out that United States borders early on were always question marks. Um, this is this is a point where Glenn Greenwald um, and everyone to the left of Nick Gillespie has a problem uh, where, you know, people will, when Walter Block will get into a debate with Sam Cedar, they'll say, you know, Sam Cedar will quickly bring up, you know, well, the current borders of the United States aren't just or the current borders, you know, or the current property titles aren't just. And it's like, well, show me a country which has just uh, property. You know, do, does China own the Uyghur, the, those provinces up north? Does Russia own the province in the east? And in the Caucasus, that's not it's not, not entirely clear um, um, that that's not entirely clear. So the borders of almost all states are question marks um, and not only question marks, they're, they're, they're down like dodgy here. Actually, the United States has some fairly if, if, as long as you remove as long as the Native Americans are physically removed from the question here. They're actually fairly hoppy in um, in a sense, uh, in a sense, based on the settlement theories. And they're actually quite left wing. You gotta remember the United States has long been a pressure valve for the disgruntled lunatic cults of Europe to move here, um, 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 which is one you know the, you have all these sort of groups that all these sort of breakaway dissident groups here in the United States, um, 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 and also the United States has been a pressure valve for you know Jewish immigration, uh, Slavic immigration, all these other groups here, and now increasingly Hispanic immigration here uh, in the United States. So the United States is a sort of polyglot country. Um, you know, huge populations of Asian here in the, in the West of the United States, too. And historically, too, you know, that dates all the way back to the sort of the railroad days um, out in um, places like San Francisco. Um, so the United States has always been a sort of, you know, polyglot, I think that's the word, uh, society here. Um, but internally, it's actually quite interesting. But the borders of all countries seem to be dodgy here. Uh, uh, so, so the 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 comment that's oftentimes thrown at them doesn't make doesn't make any uh, doesn't make any sense here. You know, uh, show me a place that has legitimate borders. I mean, if you go back further, the Aztecs didn't particularly didn't particularly treat its neighbors nicely. That's actually one of the reasons why Cortez, with only 900 men, was able to uh, defeat them um, uh, because they used native allies. And the you know, French and Indian War was fought against. Uh, you know, they had native allies here um so the sort of doom and gloom story of a settlement is not quite true on the ground as the sort of left likes to say it is and even in afghanistan to go back to the issue of afghanistan a good imperialist generally picks groups that are uh somewhat sympathetic to the imperial well sympathetic to them and have negative grudges against the current ruling order um, this is something the British did very well. Um, the Americans don't do as well, um, but partly because the American and Neil Ferguson makes this claim that the Americans have sort of don't want to create republics um, in the American fashion over there, not, you know, imperial states here. Uh, so so in that regard, those those other societies don't, um, you know, as you point out, there's a difference. Empire recognizes the difference here. But I'm going to go back to the difference point here. And this is where people like Mises and Thomas Paine, and I think this is actually one of the reasons why 
the libertarian movement split. Um, w- one of the interesting things about the split is it happened under it happened because of Trump, but then five years later we have this sort of COVID crisis where we have really thick borders. I mean, places like Rhode Island and Florida actually had border control checkpoints elected um, in North Carolina. Even like those cities in Switzerland, I think, had hard borders. So, you know, for all the talk uh, about being open borders, it was sort of the therapeutic people, which people like Mises and Gillespie, you know, trust the science, are probably more in line with, ironically. The science told them to close the borders. But those, but they also secretly think, or not so secretly think, that those borders are also racist or imperialist. Um, 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 so they just, they had no trouble using them. Um, but of course, they were using them for a purpose that's considered politically correct. So that's okay. Um, but 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 I more want to sort of a state the incoherence and hypocrisy of usage, and b and then layer on get it to what would look like a coherent theory. Because your point about differences here. Is a very is a very central point here, you know. Like what, you know, if you take Thomas Paine's favorite quote here, that you know, uh, the world is my country, all mankind are my brethren, and to do good is my religion. And Mises, of course, has you know the the the, the liberal has no borders. This is from Mises here in his book Liberalism here. Uh, uh, so they both sort of have similar views here, and Thomas Jefferson again has a similar view as well. Um, and again, interestingly enough, if you look at country formations, they do have a kind of, they they are ten, especially the liberal states like the United States. They were, you know, they, they were founded to spread, you know, the American way or liberty in a certain sense. Here, uh, 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 now you, you could always say, well, that's silly, and probably in the right libertarian would say that's silly too, and I might agree with them. Um, but um, you know, the one and the many is a very anti-universalistic point in a way to say that you know, to leave Japan to have its own customs, traditions, and way of life and to leave you know, uh, China to have its own way or to leave you know, Sweden or whatever society you want to name, Afghanistan, to have its own rules, traditions, society, is a very anti-universal uh, point here. Um, your comment about a sort of have the children raised by a council, a world council of sort. I mean, in a technical sense, it's 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 liberalism is a culture. Liberalism is a culture which has a regional. It comes from a region. It comes from certain parts of Europe and the United States, um, for better or for worse. Um, so ironically, they're sort of just put, spreading their particular culture worldwide. Um, so, you know, you, you made the fun that they're not really relativists. That's true in a way. They're actually universalists. They sort of want to convert everyone. I like Christopher Hitchens, for example, because I think he's sort of honest here about his expansion projects. Um, you know, Christopher Hitchens wanted to bomb them into uh, the Enlightenment, so to speak. Uh, you know, uh, and now for all Stephen Colbert, for all Stephen Colbert, you know, early 2000s, big anti-Afghan war, anti-Iraq war sort of. His comments recently were quite interesting, to say the least. He stated that why fight the Taliban over there when we have our own homegrown Taliban? Um, um, I, you know, I find that in a certain sense he's dark, and in a certain sense it's it's hilarious uh, that he would state that there. Um, I mean, he, it's a very Misesian point there in a way, and Misesian in the bad way. The liberal doesn't have any borders here. Um, um, you know, everyone's up for. Um, Everyone needs to be converted to my creed here. Um, so it's not really about protecting indigenous cultures. It's the opposite. Now, of course, people like Glenn Greenwald, the best defense they can make is to say, well, for pragmatic reasons, spreading my way of life is best done through soft power. Okay, soft power. That's the best way to do it. Uh, and so hard power, we're not going to bum. And Scott Horton and someone else was teamed up a debate on two neocons. Um, and the lady that Scott Horton was saying, well, even if liberalism is true, this is not the way to spread it. Um, even if you even if you think the Taliban are a menace, this is not the way to spread it. We should spread it with soft power. We should welcome people into our society. That was that was the uh, person with Scott Horton that was debating the two neocons who are advocating invasion. Um, and that, that's an interesting point. That's the best point you can make to keep them in the politically correct tent here. But if you want to go outside of it, 
you know, are other territories allowed to have their customs, traditions, and so forth? Cezak was asked that question, and it was sort of related to some issue of of marrying marrying outside of your ethnic group in some, I think, with some East Asian, not with some Central Asian country. I forget the place. And that someone asked him this question, and he said, "Well, this is a hard case. I can't, I can't, I can't answer this question. I don't. I forget what he answered. He made a long." Uh, he laid a long comment and just said so on and made a joke. Um, but um, um, it, it, it is an interesting thing here, you know, because if you, if you sort of if you have sort of indigenous groups, this also shows up in the black community in the United States, the Native American community in the United States is, you know, if they marry outside of the ethnic group, their language and culture will disappear to a certain extent. Now, again, when you're talking about the other cultures, you're allowed to do that. And this is sort of the victim culture hierarchy. Certain cultures are allowed to assert their cultural identity. Um, you know, other cultures have become problematic. And even Slava Zizek would, would state this sort of hilariousness here. It occurs in the Soviet Union, too. Um, but interestingly enough, the Soviet Union had a more imperialist attitude toward it. You know, wanted to flatten them. Um, and this, this has occurred in Crimea. This has occurred in Ukraine. Sort of create a sort of new identity here. So, so with, and I've been rambling here about the one, the many here, um, and the differences. Uh, the differences are an interesting, an interesting thing here. I don't, I don't see an easy way out. Borders are, are an easy way out. I've studied this on our classical liberalism, the errors of Kant, uh, Manuel Kant, why Hoppers, right? Um, that you know, borders allow two groups which are antagonistic to at least, in theory, flourish. Air quote, so long as they respect them. Um, so you know, Afghan can have it over there. We can have it over here. We can have liberalism or whatever over here. They can have it somewhere else there. But that, that implies borders that are somewhat rigid um, um, to make it work here. Uh, so Swithin, what, what, do you, what do you have your comments? Do you have any comments to add or any criticisms of my ramblings on this topic? Swithin? I would largely agree. Uh, with, with borders, uh, you mentioned Hopper. Um, I mean, it's interesting that the, the liberals, and, and I mean liberals in the classical liberal sense, say, oh, they have no borders. In a sense, they don't, but they always have property borders. Uh, and one of the incoherence, as it were, from, you know, if Zizek wants to um, export sort of uh, liberalism, which is, well, Zizek recognizes some sort of like post-Christian morality, effectively, um, you then get the question as, well, what if everyone just voluntarily decides to choose that actually they won't marry outside their ethnic group or that they will sort of like shun and like ostracize people uh, if they um, marry outside the group? Um, you're going to get, um, you know, then, of course, you get the questions as to, well, you know, is ostracism is ostracism violence and stuff like that? You know, you, 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 you could go there. Um, but it is interesting the way that the classical liberal does talk about borders, even though you could say that they're the biggest defender of borders, in a sense, in that well, they, they defend property borders. And, you know, that's how we get better resource allocation and fewer conflicts. And so the question then arises, well, why not have borders in a more general sense or, or to deal with them in a in, an, in another manner? Um, so that's what I would um say with respect to the um to the liberal um and yeah and yeah and as, as you say uh, um the pragmatic cases will leave uh one area to do their own thing and you to do yours and try and sort of change them over time which i suppose you could argue is 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 one sort of defense that um um you could say like a Keith Prestonite uh, pan-anarchism does, you know, you can have all these different communities and they do their own thing and people can go, well, you know what, that one's actually quite good. Let's copy them. Well, I suppose in that model, you kind of move and go somewhere else, but it's very sort of bordertarian. Um, and also with a border point, uh, actually reminds me of something Hopper said, actually. Um, he actually, he said, well, actually having more borders and having more sort of like ethnically homogenous states would actually promote um, overall group cohesion. Uh, and have less violence because remember um, war between areas you know apart from uh the magnitude of it isn't really you could say that much different between within a particular area although then you could say that's not really a border position but the point he was making was uh if you have 
what you recognize as your group running your area and they do things badly well then it's not the fact you you've been scuppered by some alien force you know it, it's not though no if we're we're the good croats we, we, we're being sort of like screwed over by the serbs or whatever it's like well, well no because the croats are running croatia and the serbs are in serbia uh and so actually you 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 can promote some more sort of international peace as it were via borders and of course you know you can copy what they do well because well, why not you can um and so you kind of get good multiculturalism in a sense um that may be slightly off topic but i i i thought was uh vaguely relevant to um Swithin, Swithin, I'm going to ask you a question um, and make a short comment and I'll ask you again. Should people remain people in general? Um, this can be any organization. Now, of course, they'll say, well, armies shouldn't be free to move around. Uh, but should people remain where they are or be free to move around? Um, again, I can say, well, is the CIA open borders for the CIA, open borders for Exxon Mobil or Royal Dutch Shell, open borders for the Saudis? Uh, I mean, while back in the early 50s, there was a bit of a Israel had a Israel basically kidnapped an ex-German who was living in Argentina. And it was sort of an outcry in, I think, Argentina that they violated their sovereignty. And basically, like you went over to like, you know, it was an extraordinary rendition. United States does it all the time. Um, well, it, throughout the war on terror, they do it. They just capture someone in some other place um, they bring them to like Guantanamo Bay or some black site that's not in the United States territory. Um, um, so, you know, well, you know, should people so and then of course we have immigration issues here. The politically correct left, everyone left in Nixilepsy thinks it's OK for Muslims and Hispanics to move into Europe, United States. But they don't think. And in general, they say it's not OK, at least for like Puritans to move to the Cherokees land. Um, it's worth pointing out that that would never happened if if, if they could have done it in the first place. Um, 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 and they will criticize for the United States for not being open borders enough, even though they don't really think the United States founding itself is illegitimate, which is an interesting little bit of a wiggle there. Um, but, you know, the, should people stay where they are or should people stay where they go? In places like East Germany, one of the official reasons, from my understanding, was brain drain. Now, I didn't process this like this, but this is, I think, in the lives of other movies, this was cited. Uh, you know, they raised them. They brought them to they, 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 they fed them, they clothed them. And then you're going to run away and waste your talents in some country that did nothing for you. That that that's like a theft. You're stealing you're stealing our products from us um, um, in a way. You know, the country owns you and you, you know, this is this is like a slaveholding argument. Like you're running away from your master here. Um, 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 so. It, the, you know, this question of should people remain free or move around, people have not been as free to move around based on sort of 2019 standards as they are now. Um, um, this was brought up in Brian Kaplan debate on the Center of Immigration Studies. Brian Kaplan quickly said, well, quarantines only take at most a month. Um, so that can immigration. But th that just means that travel is basically kaput unless you can't have a month here. Um, um, so historically. And currently, do you think people should be free to move around? To what extent can locals say no? Um, um, like, you know, one of, this could always come back to power. The Afghanis, the, the, you know, the Pushtun, whatever they call them, um, Taliban was able to defend themselves from the American empire as well. The Soviet empire did a very good job at defending themselves. So maybe it's maybe it's, you know, it's a sort of. Um, you know, he who Aki is a very Machiavellian, Schmidtian type point. You know, he who is sovereign is who 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 can command a regiment or a, of soldiers or or freedom fighters or terrorists to keep the people out. Um, um, this is sort of a pragmatic criticism of like certain borders. You know, the United States can't really keep certain groups out of the United States because the border is too big and it's, and there's too much support for them. And that's actually a fairly good pragmatic concern argument against it um and actually they're not that much different at all they should be welcomed here um, um so so swithin to what extent should locals be uh, allowed and i want to go back to the incoherence point it seems like most people to the left of nick Gillespie seem to be fairly incoherent about whom and for what reasons 
people will be allowed to be move around, you know, medical, medical terrorism. And there was a guy in Vietnam who was sentenced to prison for eight years because he was viewed as a super spreader. He just returned, I think, from another place. And now he's viewed as a super spreader. Um, and in places like Australia, now they have like face recognition. So if you leave your house, you should have viewed it as a super spreader. Um, so, you know, first hit the hypocrisy incoherence point, and then we'll move more into theory about what ought to be the case. Uh, yeah, as I said, as to what you how you should be able to move and on what basis. I mean, it's, it's, it seems entirely arbitrary. As I said before, it's, it's just whatever I like, we, we can. it's fine. What I don't like we can't i mean that's pretty much the the long and the short of it although interesting thinking about it though with borders and and the people left in epilepsy is that they'll recognize borders in america because all oh, the people from the south they're all stupid you know you have the south and you have the, the north and the coasts you know the, the middle the middle south they're all stupid it's the coasts where it's at um you know so 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 they, they, they as i say recognize borders um of sorts um to the question of uh, movement, I mean, that's an interesting question. Um, the what I've always thought was bizarre um, with with things is um, in England at the moment, it's basically really difficult to travel overseas and come back. But if you want to sort of, you know, permanently emigrate to England, well, that's relatively easy. You get yourself on a boat, you go over the English Channel, and you let you in. And it's like, with no PCR oh, test. Oh, interestingly, Afghanistan is a red list country, and you shouldn't come back from it because you shouldn't go. So I, I do wonder how they're um, they're going to deal with uh, any incomers from the red list country. The red list country is the one we're supposed to. We don't know. We can't go to and any any reason. Uh, really, this is the British government's. Um, advice or well law i think in certain sense in certain context um so i think we're like moving around like travel and sort of like holidays and moving around seeing stuff around the world is entirely non-problematic uh for one reason what is interesting i could say i'm defending because i like doing it but you see other cultures but then you, you recognize you have your own and ultimately it doesn't really change uh the way that any of these areas work because you're there for a temporary time you're not living there and so you're not really going to change the makeup of the area so sort of travel as such i think well yeah travel you know wherever wherever that's fine um, emigration is different um because it's like a permanent resettlement um i would say you you probably if you i, I would cut in here i would cut in here one of the critiques I might get early on was that I'm sort of jumping around too much. But emigration is much more like a kind of invasion, for better or for worse, than it is like travel. Travel, you go there for a week, you maybe go there for a few months, you see some animals, you see some churches, you see some temples, and you go home. You spend some money and you go home. Emigration is much more permanent. I got into an argument on about some left-wing economist was attacking Airbnb. And he was saying Airbnb was ruining cities, ruining cities by driving up house prices, making every like the inner cities were really expensive. So, so this is where the Airbnb travel is starting to get into a gray zone, somewhere between emigration. You see the laptop people can, who can expats who can work from wherever. They're sort of starting to resemble there. And that's another incoherence. You know, so a lot of a lot of Westerners who find the cost of living too high will go to places in Africa or places in South America. Or Mexico, they'll actually emigrate to Mexico because they can find a town that's fairly secure and they can find a place, cheap place to live and they can do their job there with high speed internet. Um, the left it gets sort of fuzzy with that, but I think there's a big difference between just going for a week and travel. And like em emigration is much more like a permanent thing, it's not it's not temporary. Would you agree? And please continue. Oh, yeah, 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 entirely, entirely. That's what I was saying, like, you know, travel as such is fine. Uh, even though currently the Western powers seem to be encouraging permanent resettlement of peoples from different cultures and different languages, but then making it difficult for you to basically go on a beach in two weeks in Spain, which seems to be bizarre. Well, it isn't when you understand what their reasons are and their motivations, but that's another, that's another topic entirely. Um, but when it comes to like moving to a certain area, I mean, I think we have to recognize and is, is that 
any that you're always going to need areas in which there is going to be a body of people who determine what the law is in a particular area. I mean, in principle, you could have it for the entire world. You could have the universalist human state and they decide what happens there. But the problem with that is you can't leave, like by definition, unless you, you know, friends of Elon Musk can get on a rocket um, and get off, off Earth. And so you, you're always going to need some form of way of determining what a law, law is between certain peoples. And so you're going to require that to be in. Well, I would argue that the, the, the best position would be, as I defended in uh, when I doing discussing anarchism at the right with uh, Rick Story in the Warden Post, is you know thousands of uh, communities with uh, small populations, and uh, you know they determine you know in that area what they do, and so some of them will let people in, some of them won't. Now the um, and make it easier or less, more or less difficult. I mean. Though you could then say, well, what about the, the ideal you know, sort of anarchist community or you know, um, non-status community of like 30,000 people? You know, what, 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 what ought their law be pertaining to immigration? Should there let anybody in who wants to? Well, possibly. But the point is, well, if you're invested in a particular area and you want to maintain it, you think it's a good place to be. Well, it's not entirely unreasonable that you're going to be quite picky over who you let to stay there permanently, because, well, if you let too many people in of uh, different belief systems and actions, that the nature of the community will change. And so it will cease to be the area that you kind of those people wanted to live in to begin with. Um, so um, I think that. Um, Moving around should be you know, relatively easy, uh, very easy for travel. And then for different moving to different communities permanently, well, it's going to depend on the area. Um, and I could see why some areas wouldn't want certain people in. I think that makes in, in entire um, entire sense. Um, so in, in, in a world of sort of more borders, would you have uh, great levels of immigration? Possibly not. Although this then brings to the question is, um, why do most people emigrate? And I think most people emigrate mostly because the places they live are bad rather than other places being better. Now, some people do that, but most people, I think they have an idea of where I am is not good. And because of this, I'm going to leave. And so this is interesting. It goes back to the war point. Now, why was it the case you had so many refugees or just migrants from uh, areas from the Middle East? Well, they were being bombed. And it's like, well, I'm pretty sure you kind of want to leave if you're being bombed. Um, and so if you had a situation where you have sort of a recognition of borders and sort of non-intervention, I think sort of as it were the, um, yes, it's right, yes, the push factors, as it were, for uh, emigration would no ne nearly be as strong. Um and I, and I am sympathetic sort of the brain drain arguments uh, that the left use. Um, and, you know, the, it, I mean, Africa has done historically badly in comparison with all the other continents. Um, and it kind of isn't going to get much better if all the best Africans leave and work in Britain, the United States. I mean, that just seems odd if that's going to be the case. Uh, and mostly Im immigrants tend to be middle class in their uh, their countries. The upper class stake is they're already at the top. The bottom are too poor or too stupid to do so. Um, and the middle ones move. But is that really going to be good for like Africa in general? No, probably not. Um, so and also you can see it as well in like local towns, small towns. I mean, you get this actually with the subsidization of like university. You really, really sort of. Um, uh messes up small towns because all like the clever people who are the schools there whatever they get hoovered up by the larger university uh towns and they don't really return they and rather than being places of production they to a large extent just end up being dormitory towns where you go to work in the larger cities so you, you actually get this sort of like um emigration within countries or even like cultural areas you could say which i don't actually think is particularly uh healthy uh because you get very much like uh the 
everybody gets concentrated in fewer and fewer areas, which I don't think is um, good sociologically. Uh, so I think that answers your question. All right. That, that, that does answer your question. The intra the intra societal movement is interesting. And it, it's a subtopic of the immigration and, you know, war topic here. I mean, because if you if you dial the clock back to 1863 in the United States, there was a fairly hard border between north and south of the United States. Um, you know, there was a hard border. Uh, it's no longer there. And that's because but. What we see is northerners moving south to, to, throughout the lockdown moved to states like Florida and Texas. Elon Musk and Joe Rogan famously moved to Austin, Texas, uh, out of California. Uh, uh, and then many, many people from New York have moved to Florida, lower taxes and other things. Um, so we do see intra-society movements here um, 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 for various reasons, of course. Um, and, and, and again, the brain drain is a, is a very interesting argument um uh because because the way in which because the way in which it, 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 there's, a, there's a kind of left liberal and sort of left christian here which will make which sometimes will will attack sort of individualism they'll say you know i i americans love to talk about their rights and their individual rights but they don't talk about their responsibilities and then if you state the responsibilities then they also get annoyed that you're stating positive duties. Um, um, so if, in any other context, if you state positive duties, they'll say, well, that's terrible. I, you know, why do you have why do I have to have do these positive duties here? Now, again, I'm, I'm somewhat of an individual. I'm an individualist here. Um, so I'm not a I'm not a right wing collectivist of any variety either, although I'm not I'm not I'm not going to so go yeah, ooh, yuck to them. It's worth pointing out the left has plenty of sort of collectivist historical tendencies, like, you know, not allowing people to leave um, for those very precise reasons. And I think the reasoning itself <clears throat> is sound or sound enough, um, you know, whether some policy wonk could find the opposite conclusion on this is of some question. But I think the sort of a priori reasoning is sound enough that it, it, it is, you know, the idea of moving, moving away is a kind of drain. It's just sort of patently obvious. It'd be hard to deny it. Um, it'd be hard to deny it. Now you can say, well, there's it trickles back. Sure, it can trickle back. Um, but it could be the case that you know you could have created something better there, and all the wealth, profits, and source resources would be there. Um, um, so that's 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 unclear. That's unclear. So that basically concludes my general remarks on coherent incoherence here and now I'd just like to thank everyone for listening if you've enjoyed this please share it with your friends and family and or anyone you think might find it of interest and uh, subscribe to us on uh, Podbean and on youtube the more subscribers we get the higher we get in the search rankings and finally if you'd want to contact the show for any reason please contact us at mindscrimelibertyshow at gmail.com that's mindscrimelibertyshow at gmail.com mm-hmm.